Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. It is so good to have Chris with us. I haven't seen Chris in, man, a number of years. We've talked on the phone off and on every now and then. I first met Chris through a woman who's been a mother in this house, Julaine Christensen. Uh, Julaine was actually the first speaker we had come in when I became the pastor here. And she blew the place up. I mean, she is such a mama in the faith. And uh, she was just such an influence and uh, just really, really a a blessing to our house. I I talked to her the other day. I said, Julian, we need to get you back in here and have you just go and hug on people and and minister. And so we're going to have her in here in the coming days. But uh, she she founded the hub. It was a a hub of kingdom activity in Omaha uh, during... 2008, when the, the move of God broke out here, one broke out there, and they, they started these extended meetings, and she invited this young man, who's still young, but not as young, and uh, had Chris come in, and it, it, how many months did that go, Chris, with you there? It, it was many months, tremendous healings, uh, just a tremendous move of God. I drove over there uh, on, on, I think, twice just to be a part of it. It was a wonderful thing. And I just really fell in love with this guy, his humility, the touch of God on his life. Got to meet his friend Joe, an Iowa boy this morning. And I will hear more from him this week too. So I've been feeling led for several months to have Chris come in. And uh, so he's going to speak this morning. He's going to be with the young adults tonight. And then Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, we're going to gather back in here. Wednesday, we will have our final night of Awana. So the children will be in the back, but the rest of us will be in here. We're going to fill the baptismal tank this afternoon. We're believing that we're going to have some spontaneous baptisms. People are going to get saved, healed, delivered. And uh, so Chris carries that. So without further ado, I want you to give a good heartland welcome to Chris Kildosher. Come on, lift to Jesus in the house today. Give a shout to Jesus. Yes. Yes, we love you, Lord. We love you. Well, praise the Lord. You guys can have a seat. You guys are holding America together here in the heartland. Amen. I'm going to walk around down here, so hopefully the sound guys are okay with that. And if they're not, I'll just turn the mic off and get even louder. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at this house full of people on fire for God. This is beautiful. Isn't this beautiful, Joe? Joe? Joe and I have ministered in a city in Northern California. It's about 1% to 2% Christian. That's where Joe lives, uh, and he does evangelism there. And uh, Yeah, that's, this is what we get to look forward to, amen? Rooms full of people worshiping God. Praise the Lord. You guys have a great church. You're in a great place. God's got great plans for you. I don't care what you came in here with today. You're leaving without it. These meetings, the power of God is going to grip people's hearts, minds, bodies, and spirits. Deliverance and healing is going to take place. Why? Not because Chris is here, because Jesus is here. Amen? And we preach him. Um, Real quick, I want to give you my testimony, but I do want to say thanks, Pastor Dave, again, for just letting us come, for trusting us. Uh, I don't know, Pastor Kathy, over here as well. So love you guys. Thank you. Excited to spend some time with you guys and your family this week as well. A little bit about Chris, just because we're getting to know each other. Uh, I met Jesus when I was seven. My dad was a construction worker. Uh, he was the, also had been the, new, uh, the locker room manager for the New York Giants. So as a result of crazy things, uh, marriage didn't hold together, stuff like that. But my dad's a great man. He met Jesus on a job site. A friend said to him, Mike, your problem is you need Jesus. Aren't you glad that people talk about Jesus in public? Aren't you glad people are unashamed of the gospel? Whether you're working in schools, whether you're working on a construction site, you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, good. Just checking if you're awake. If you haven't had all the coffee yet, you'll, you'll be anointed before the end of this thing. Amen? And uh, he brought me to the Southern Baptist Church and First Baptist Church of Tequesta, Florida. I met Jesus in Awanas as a seven-year-old. Uh, I remember walking to the altar and feeling a hand on my shoulder, a hand that's never left me. Amen? 
um, no one that I could see was with me. The Lord gripped my life, gripped my heart. When I was 14, I experienced a, a call from the Lord. Um, I was, at the time, going to the Catholic Church, so I thought I was supposed to be a priest. Um, can you guys load up the Catholic video, or the Catholic picture real quick? And when I give you like a thumbs up, can you say it? I thought I was supposed to, no, show it right now, because this is kind of fun. Could you guys do that real quick? I thought I was supposed to be a priest. I, I, I really wanted to get married, so I guess that wasn't for me. Uh, but it was awesome. You guys don't have it? Oh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Omaha. They knocked on 7,500 doors. A Catholic church invited people to come. We had six to 800 people on a Friday night gather at a Catholic church, St. Gerald's Catholic Church in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> Largest altar call I've been privileged to preach before in the United States of America. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. So... Anyway, I guess I made it to the priesthood, amen. We're a kingdom of priests, amen. Uh, the Catholic priest had come to one of our meetings, and the power of God kept throwing him on the ground in the meeting. Like, just he would just be in the rows, and the power of God would just throw him into the chairs, which is good to have happen in, in, in Holy Ghost meetings, amen. Power of God just kept throwing him into his chairs, and the Lord said to him, you need to open the door to your charismatic brothers. Friends, in the days we live, there is a very clear dissemination between light and dark. And anyone that's willing to stand for Jesus and stand for righteousness, the oil of heaven is behind their endeavors. I remember sitting with a great minister, a man of God, he's preached to, I think he's preached to the largest crowd ever gathered on planet earth. And he was telling us, uh, he said the anointing in Isaiah chapter 10, say the anointing. The anointing is God's presence and power unto his purposes. It's literally his presence with us. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit, amen? And it's his empowerment that comes. You shall receive power. Say power. That anointing in Isaiah chapter 10, I'm gonna open the Bible in a sec. That anointing destroys yokes, right? Whatever yoke they might be, physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, the presence of God destroys yokes. And when we submit to who he is, the nature of who he is, the truth of who he is, the truth will set you free, amen? That anointing will destroy any yoke in any life. But there's an anointing that God actually has. In Isaiah 10, the anointing is actually being spoken about. It's an anointing for nations. God has purposes for nations. God's not done with America. God's not done with Iowa. God's not done with Nebraska, which I drove from last night. God's not done with the place. We're going to see great end times Holy Ghost churches rise up in these days. Massive Holy Spirit churches. I feel the anointing as I say it. Massive. Um, God's been showing me stuff. Just showing me pictures, showing me visions. I know he's been showing you stuff too. We're going to see the greatest move, but it involves action. Say action. action. It says, I'm created for action. Say, I'm created for action. Created. The Bible says you're created for good works, amen? It says in Ephesians chapter 2. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. I'll uh, finish my testimony real quick. Uh, so I met Jesus again when I was 7, 14, had some experience with God. 19, I was living as a reprobate sinner. Complete rebellion to God. I would have said I was a Christian, but my life didn't look like it. I was a hypocrite. God loved me so much that he called me out on it. A friend dared me to read the Bible for 30 days straight. And as I was reading through the Gospels, John's Gospel, and reading through the book of Acts, I met Jesus in Acts chapter 5. I won't flip there right now because we're reading Ephesians 1. But as I was reading those scriptures, God walked into my apartment and said, Chris, you're just like those two hypocrites, Ananias and Sapphira, you're reading about. You say you've given me everything, but you haven't. I love you so much, I'll let you keep living living the way you're living, but you know the end of it. I wept for two days. I got delivered of devils. How do I know I had devils? Well, I had some issues before, and God tore them up. I got delivered of devils, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking with new tongues, laughing hysterically in my apartment. Yeah, you can clap for Jesus on that one. So the Lord did it. The Lord did it. Ephesians chapter 1. Praise the Lord. I'll be ready to read to about verse 13. Ephesians 1. Paul's writing this to a church he planted. You can read about it in Acts chapter 19. Apollos had been there, preached Jesus to them. Some people became disciples, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. Paul came upon them. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. We're Baptists. No, I'm kidding. We're... we're <laughs> It's okay, I'm a fully Baptist. I'm a Baptist, so don't worry about it. A lot of Baptist pastors these days talk in tongues, but they need to tell their congregation about it, amen? You've got to be unashamed. If you're ashamed of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues, you're actually ashamed of the good news. 
Because it's part of the good news. Jesus Christ, say Jesus. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Why new tongues? Why? Because you need to speak rightly. The power of life and death is in your tongue. And when God's fire gets in your heart, on your mouth, in your tongue, your life will begin to change. When you don't know how to pray, most of us in this room can't pray for more than two minutes in English. Why? Because we don't know what to pray unless we're trying to seem important in front of other people. But when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you can pray for hours straight. You could be strengthened. You build yourself up. So Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? They didn't. They said, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. I'm in Acts 19, verses 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. I'm going to get back to Ephesians 1 in a second. I'm just quoting from memory. He preaches to them Jesus. He baptizes them in water again, baptizes them in the name of Jesus, and they receive the Holy Spirit. He goes back to this church. A massive movement gets built, and then he writes this letter to them in Ephesians 1. Paul, a sent one of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Say the will of God. A lot of people don't know the will of God for their life. They think it's God's will for them to be sick or poor or broken. You know, God, God, God likes broken people. Yes, he loves all people, but he does what? He binds up the brokenhearted. You got somebody painted it up right there. If you're in this room and you're still carrying around a broken heart for 25 years, I have good news for you tonight. That broken heart is getting buried in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I feel, I feel divorce, like the pain of divorce coming out of people today. I feel rejections and fears coming out of people today. I feel abandonment coming out of people today. Some of you, you feel abandoned, and that's actually why you're sick. You're not alone. We spoke it over to the kids today. That's what God said to me when we were on the front row praying. He said, I, I, I wish somebody had told me I wasn't alone. Friend, I tell you all over this room, you're not alone. A lot of people don't know the will of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus, faithful in Christ Jesus, say faithful. Say, God's made me faithful. A couple of people argued with me on that one. Power of life and death's in the tongue. If you start talking right, you'll start living right. Faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Jesus. Blessed be. Say, blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Say, has blessed not might bless, not if we, we, we get everything together will bless us. That word there, has blessed, is a past tense word, has blessed us. With how many blessings? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing, not just some. What does that include? What does it include? What do you think it includes? Shout it out, some stuff. What does it include? What kind of spiritual blessings? Healing, health, salvation. Deliverance. Ooh, I like that. Liberty. Deliverance. What else? Provision. Freedom. What else? Restoration. Amen. Revelation. Amen. What? Hunger. Praise the Lord. I like that. Peace. Hope. One or two more. Joy. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Say blessed be the name of the Lord. That word blessed actually means happy. The happy God has blessed you with every happy blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I am so glad that God gives us his joy freely. When I was 19 years of age, I was drinking the wrong way, so God filled me with the right kind of drink. I was walking through the airport one time laughing hysterically in the joy of the Lord. A girl asked us, she said, are you drinking? I said, yes. I said, she started talking to us. She said, why are you guys so happy? I said, because Jesus forgave all our sins. You know, I can tell if a Christian knows they're forgiven by how happy they are. I don't know if I can say it again, but it was right. It was on. <laughs> Friends, no matter where you've been, no matter how sad life has been, young people here in the room, no matter how challenging it's been, people of eldership or whatever we call ourselves as we get taller and gray hairs, whatever you call yourself. Friends, there's joy for you today. There's joy for you in these meetings. I remember being in a meeting. This was in, um, in France. I travel a lot. I was in the south of France, and my translator said to me, Chris, I don't want any of that laughing stuff happening to me, any of that rolling stuff happening. I don't want any of that happening to me. I said, Iran, I can't make any promises. 
The Lord is good, and the Lord does as he pleases. That's Nahum 1.7 and Psalm 115, if you want verses for it. Power God hit this girl. She fell out in the spirit in the meeting while she was supposed to be translating, so we had to get another translator. Sometimes when you go to other countries, you have to have backup translators, but praise the Lord, I'm the only translator here today, unless we get tongues and interpretation going or something. Power God hits her in. She starts rolling around on the ground. Now, she said she wasn't rolling, but they threw one of those Pentecostal blankets on her, and she rolled right out of that thing. She rolled all over the floor, back and forth, back and forth. Iran also had endometriosis so badly. Now, if you're a man, you might not know what that is, but if you're a woman, you know what it is. She had endometriosis so bad she couldn't walk upstairs the right way. She had to quit the choir because she couldn't take deep breaths. She was on level three narcotics for it. When she was rolling on the ground, all the pain left her body. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap for that. Not only that, she went back to the doctors. They said, Iren, significant scarring has disappeared out of your uterus. You know, one of, the, one of the miracles that we see everywhere, like this is just like us. We're going to see if there's any women here that have any type of female stuff, polycystic ovarian, um, cancers. I, I was in New Zealand. I'm going to be in New Zealand in a couple weeks. And we were in a meeting, six people with cancer. Every single one of them had all their symptoms disappear when they simply stood up in the meeting. There was a woman, she, yeah, that's a good hand clap. She had a tumor in her armpit so big, it was as big as a fist. She was given three weeks to live. Three weeks. Skin, gangrenous, all black, all through here. When she stood to her feet, she felt this heat come into her body. Friends, it is so easy to get healed when Jesus is in the room. It's like breathing. It's like breathing. You don't have to wait till the end. You don't have to wait till prayer at the end of the meeting. I don't care what you came with. Jesus has enough faith for you today. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. Say this with me. Say, God wants it more than me. Did God want you saved more than you wanted to be saved? Yeah, you worked really hard not to get saved, some of you guys in this room. Yet here you are today. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. So the pressure's off. The pressure's off. God wants it more than you do. You simply just need to be in the right place. You say the right place. What do you mean the right place? Is there a right place to get healed? Yeah, wherever the word of God's being preached is the right place. Wherever Jesus Christ is made glorified is the right place. I've been in meetings where every single person was healed. Like hundreds of people. And hours later, we're like, is there anybody else that needs a miracle? No, like no one else comes forward. People running around. This woman, when she stood up with the tumor in her armpit, she felt heat come into her armpit. Tumor disappeared. She felt around all the pain left. She grabbed the pastor's wife. I didn't see this. I got it through testimony. She took the pastor's wife into the bathroom, pulled down her shirt a little bit, and showed her all the skin had changed back to a normal color. I curse cancer in Jesus' name. I curse fear in Jesus' name. I curse disease in Jesus' name. Let's keep reading a little bit. Is that okay? Multitasking here. Keep an eye on the time. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Say every. Just as he chose us in him. Say I'm chosen. Young people, you're chosen. You were chosen in so many multiple ways by God. You were chosen by him to be loved by him. You are also chosen to be born right now. That means God thought you were enough to handle the world around you. Well, Chris, the world's really changing. Yeah, because Christians haven't been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the church is waking up to the power of God, the dominion of God, the faith of God, the glory of God in our midst. Friends, we are going to see the greatest revival sweep this land from coast to coast. We're not waiting for it. We are in it already. Uh, Joe, I'm going to have Joe come up in uh, just a sec. Joe, we were in Clear Lake, Iowa in, when was that? That was last year, a year and a half ago. Hundred people baptized over five nights of meetings. People from liturgical church, the type of church that Joe grew up in, you know, where they wear a collar and all that kind of stuff. Liturgical church, like wealthy, middle-aged women, business owners, pulling them out of Clear Lake at 10 o'clock at night, rolling around on the sand, laughing, getting delivered, shaking, their gold earrings coming off. Power of God, in dirty parking lots. Like the power of God gripping people. Friends, there is a revival already happening. And God is recruiting for people for it, amen? Could you go ahead and greet the people, Joe? Hi, everybody. It's good to be back in Iowa. I, I live in, uh, my name's Joe Bieber. I'm from Clear Lake, Iowa. Um, my high school Spanish teacher's actually right there. 
She, she'll tell you. She'll, she'll testify that I'm the least qualified person in this room to hold the microphone. But it's the grace of God who qualifies you. It's the Holy Spirit who qualifies you. I was a terrible student, barely could read, hated God, hated church, and then I met Jesus for myself, and I said, I'll give everything for this God. And I've traveled the world, I've traveled the country, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Lord sent me to a town that has more witches than it has Christians. And if we won't stand, then who will? And I began to preach there and minister there, and I'm just so happy to be back in the Midwest. It's a breath of fresh air truly to be here. I actually met Chris. Uh, we, we started just going out on the streets and open air preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If, who, who in here feels called the ministry to some, some sort? Put the gospel on your lips. It's the foundation of everything. I am unashamed of the gospel because it is the power of salvation to those who believe. You want to walk in power, preach the cross, preach the resurrection, and the power of the Holy Spirit will back you. But I, I, grew up, I grew up in Iowa, like I said, far from God. I, I didn't understand God. No one told me I could be in a relationship with God. And, and uh, I walked away. I was in drugs, drinking, partying, you name it. I, I started a construction company in, in Clear Lake when I was 21 years old, and I started to make money, and I just used it for wicked, evil things. I lived in a bar pretty much after work and hated myself, hated people, and one day, I was down in Louisiana. I was drunk driving. I put my truck into a tree going 65 miles an hour. That'll wake you up really fast. And I hit my knees, and I said, God, if you're real, help me. I'll give everything to just know you. I don't, I don't want my life anymore. Does anyone know the first part of following Jesus? In Mark chapter 8, Jesus says, if any man wishes to come after me, must what? First, deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life in this world, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you'll find it. And from that day, I said, Lord, my life isn't mine anymore. You can do whatever I want. You at want with it. I'm done with me. Living for me hasn't worked. And I've followed the call, and I picked up the, the call ever since then to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It matters who lives inside of you. And his name is the Holy Spirit for those who have been baptized. And he is the power to be a witness. And I'm just so thankful to be back here. It feels like home in this room. Being back in the Midwest, it really does. And um, I'm, I'll be here with you guys all week. I'm going to give it back to Chris, but I'm excited to share more with you. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. That was awesome. So, if you want to hear more from that guy, you've got to come tonight and tomorrow. I'm serious. Cancel your plans this week. I, we go places, I asked Pastor Dave, I said, can we do, normally people are like, can you do Friday night, Saturday night? I was like, can we just do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Because that's how revivals break out, amen? Because you, you come together with a group of people, you get blasted together in the glory of God, and the hunger hits people. People are like, this is real. Every time we do meetings, I was in Washington, D.C. recently, the meetings grew every single night. We started on a Tuesday. They grew and filled a venue by a Thursday night. Because God will never leave his word without an audience. When I preach the word, I'll preach the word to like seemingly empty rooms or we'll preach the word on the streets in Santa Cruz. And before you know it, people start gathering around. Why? Because the word of God is living and active, sharpened double-edged sword, piercing division, soul and spirit, and joint merits, a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before that word, everything is open and laid bare before him to whom we must give an account. We are all gonna stand before Jesus Christ one day and give an account for our lives. He's gonna come. He's gonna split the sky. He's gonna stand on the Mount of Olives. Young people, this is all going to to happen. This is Bible and this is truth. He's going to return and we are either going to be for him or against him on that day and everything in our lives will either melt away because it's wood, hay, stubble, and straw burnt by the fire of his love or it will be gold refined by fire. I prophesy you'll carry gold that day in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. If you believe that, say I'm all in. Jesus went all in for us, amen. He was pierced through for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace. By his stripes were made whole. God so loved the world that he put skin on and walked among us. He stepped out of eternity, born of a virgin, manifested to Israel. The baptism of John came upon him, that he went into the waters to fulfill righteousness, not because he needed to repent of sin, but because he was entering into his mission. 
He did it because that was the model. That's where we were all headed. Surrender. Baptism is death. Baptism in water is the burial of your old life. Some of you guys got baby sprinkled. You know, you got a little water thrown on you as a baby. You need to bury your old life. Amen? Some of you in this room are like, well, I got baptized as a kid. It's a public declaration of faith. No, it's the burial of your old life and a cleansed conscience unto God, as Peter says. First Peter, Second Peter. The blood of Jesus really works. He went around preaching, teaching, and healing, destroying the works of the devil, died a gruesome death for your sins and my sins, friends. How can we hold on to sin when he held on to that cross for us? I feel, I feel deliverance in the room. There's no condemnation on you. Whatever happened, adulteries, fornications, just fear, insecurity, pride, whatever it is, the Lord is faithful to heal, save, and deliver. Amen? When he went into the grave, he defeated the devil. Say defeated. Defeated. The devil's been walking around on nubs ever since. (laughs) Defeated. Amputated. No, defeated. He was literally, it says, the Lord made a public spectacle out of principalities' powers. If you're praying and you're like, oh, the prince over the city is this and da-da-da. Friend, you're talking about the wrong prince. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is the King of all kings, and the church is the highest principality in every city. Yeah, that's a good word. A couple people like that. Say, He chose me. Chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we'd be holy and without blame before Him in love. He predestined us. Say, predestined. Does that mean everybody's going to heaven? No, it means everybody has the opportunity to. It means everybody can. If they come to Him, I was preaching to a guy in a restaurant recently, and I said to him, my friend, he'd gotten healed 10 years before. He had a metal pin disappear out of his knee in a Buffalo Wild Wings in Omaha, Nebraska. Yet I saw him 10 years later. He's still not a Christian. See, miracles don't mean people are saved. People need to repent. Like, I'm all about miracles. Praise the Lord. Like, miracles are your birthright in Christ Jesus. Like, there's miracles happening while I'm talking right now because Jesus is here. Neck stuff, foot stuff, all kinds of stuff just getting healed right now. You're feeling power go through your body. You feel warmth go through an area. That's Jesus in the room healing you of that condition. Autoimmune stuff. We'll call out more stuff a little bit, but the Lord's doing it already. But friends, you getting your knee healed doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You falling over in a Holy Ghost meeting doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You falling over in the Holy Ghost mean doesn't mean you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, before he went to the cross, was about to be taken. He said, who are you looking for to the soldiers? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He goes, I am he. They all fall backwards, right? Were they baptized in the Holy Spirit? Had they repented their sins? No. They simply experienced the power of God through a revelation of God in their midst. That's why people fall over when the power of God hits them. You say, oh, it's kind of weird people falling over. Well, it's more fun when people fall over in public, in Target, and Walmart. It's way more fun in there. <laughs> Clean up on aisle four. I was in a restaurant talking to this guy, and I said, it's like this, friend. He had had the metal pin disappear out of his knee. I said, it's like this. It's like Jesus is reaching down towards you, and you're drowning. The world is drowning in their sins, and the only way out, the only handout, is the hand of the Savior, Jesus Christ. That nail-pierced hand is reaching towards you, and you're drowning. As soon as we said that, this song came on the radio in the restaurant. Some of you guys would know it if you're like a child of the 80s. It goes, do 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 I could hear it coming in the other night. As soon as I said that, he looks at me, he goes, that's weird that this song just came on. I said, yeah. He said, do you know what this song's about? I said, what's it about, bro? He said, it's about somebody drowning and other people watching and doing nothing about it. Friends, there are people drowning all around us right now. And the answer's literally between your lips. His name is Jesus. Say Jesus. Say, I'm predestined. Predestined to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. They're all predestined to adoption as sons. They just don't know it. They haven't been told. Say, I'm going to tell people. Well, I don't feel powerful. I feel kind of insecure. Friends, the job before me preaching, I was a librarian. Your personality type does not determine boldness. Boldness is a fruit of being righteous. The Bible says the righteous are what? As bold as a lion. I had to shush people and tell them to be quiet. Now I tell people to get louder about Jesus. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, yes, Lord, I'll say it. The Lord called me. And I feel him calling people here today. 
Friends, you don't have to hear an audible voice to preach the gospel. You have the Bible. But he called me through an audible voice. I heard him with these physical ears in a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, everybody praying in tongues in a circle. That's why Holy Ghost prayer meetings are a good thing. That's why it's amazing that you guys do them all the time. You need to get in prayer meetings at this church. You get in a circle and start praying in the Holy Ghost for an hour or two. That'll change your life. Young people in this room, you're struggling with stuff. People of age, you're struggling with stuff. You're struggling with sins of the flesh. If you give yourself to prayer and fasting, that stuff will just leave your life so fast. So fast, because you're humbling yourself. You're putting your body into subjection. The Lord met me. He called me. Say, I'm called too. What are you called to? You're called to tell people about him predestined to adoption by Jesus Christ to himself according to good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. Say, I'm accepted. Chris, you don't know what I did. You're accepted in the beloved. God knew before you did the thing you would do that you would do it, and he said, I'm still going to die for that person. You know, you can tell the value of something by what someone's willing to pay for it. I went uh, to Paris one time, a couple times, but I was there one time, and we looked at the Mona Lisa behind like a foot of glass. Anybody ever seen that painting in there? You go on to Paris, a couple people. It's guarded by guards. If somebody offered a billion dollars for it, they probably wouldn't sell it. Why? Because it's valuable. It's essentially priceless. Friend, that is a dumb painting that a guy made hundreds of years ago. You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. If somebody got offended that I said that, you're like an art major or something, I'm like, you realize that that stuff's all going to burn up. <laughs> but praise the Lord. Who cares? I, if you like art, God bless you. I like art too. I like that painting over there. Praise the Lord. Don't give it to me. I don't know if I have enough room in my car. Sell it or something. <laughs> to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption. Say redemption. redemption. That Greek word there, redemption, is a polytrosis. Say a polytrosis. Poly I might have said it wrong, but if... If I said it wrong, I just taught you Greek wrong, and you'll get corrected by a Greek scholar. But polytrosis means deliverance by payment of a ransom. It means liberty and freedom. Say freedom. We have redemption through his blood. Say through his blood. See, the blood is what purchased you. The whole life, the breath, the walk, the talk of Jesus came to purchase you. But he shed his blood for you on that cross. Blood that breaks every curse. The Bible says the life is in the blood. Yes, Lord, I'll say it. What's, what's a curse? A curse is like a pattern in your life that you don't think you can break. Christ became a curse for you, friend. I don't care what you've been addicted to. That addiction's getting kicked out today in Jesus' name by the anointing. I don't care what, what fear's been going on. Jesus is more than enough. Say he's more than enough. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness. Say forgiveness. The Greek word there, ephesus, means deletion. The deletion of sins. No backup file. No evidence. You can't, friend, if you're still looking in the rearview mirror at things you used to do, you're not believing the gospel. You have to take your eyes off of your past. And like Paul, who wrote this letter, fix your eyes on Jesus. You have to forget what lies behind and press forward to what lies ahead. Pressing onward towards the upward. Say upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. A couple people like that, they clap because they feel redeemed. They know they're redeemed. They know that they don't look back there anymore. Don't look back anymore. Look at Jesus. Now, if he tells you something, you listen to him. He'll tell you things. He'll rebuke you. God rebukes me. We were doing a, um, I used to pastor. <laughs> I don't know if they kicked me out or I, no, I asked to, I asked to get sent out. I used to pastor, and when I was pastoring, we were doing our youth group in a $15 million house in Southern California. And uh, the Lord told me through a dream, he said, Chris, you think you're there so that they can give you something, but I'm, I've sent you there to give them something. You know, when you're not looking for anything for people anymore, you're free to actually give people love. Recently, I won't say where, we were in a city, and I got to call a billionaire to repentance. Got to baptize him in his own private lake on 120 acres of land. Billionaire. Friends, the Lord's going to do that. And he'll send you to reach people. But you're not there for you. You're there for them. Amen? Amen. Say deletion. Deletion of the past. Deletion of the fears. Deletion of the things that have held you down. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Some of you guys are getting nervous. You're like, how long is he going to go for? He told me I could go till three in the morning until people fall asleep. I'm kidding. 
I'm kidding. We're, we have other meetings this week, but we'll make sure the kids get out and all that stuff. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Say prudence. He thought it prudent to die for you, friend. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure by which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Say all things. Both which are in heaven and which are on the earth. In him. Say in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation or your deliverance, in whom also having believed you were sealed. That's what Paul did in Acts chapter 19. He was preaching to people. He said, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Go to Acts 19 real quick. Just verse 4 or so. I keep my Bible on my phone in my pocket because my favorite preaching Bible, I left it in a Shiite Muslim mosque cafeteria in Bethlehem. We were uh, praying for the sick there. And uh, Sammy the Sheik, he, uh, he defended us to the government. They came in with machine guns because they thought we were giving people drugs because people were coming in, getting healed, leaving so happy. They're like, they must be giving them drugs or something. Said, so we are giving them something. We're giving them Jesus, amen? Pointed machine guns at us, and Sammy the Sheik, the Shiite Muslim Sheik, he said, these people are here to help. He started rebuking the government. I've been to Israel like five times. John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who is to come after him. That is Jesus. Next verse. On hearing this, they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're going to be doing that in the meetings. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Say the Holy Spirit. And they began what? speaking in tongues and prophesy. Well, I don't know if tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and you need to pray with other tongues. You require to submit yourself to that truth. That is for every Christian. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14 says. Um, goodness gracious, you got a couple other verses for that, Joe? Isaiah 28 actually says through stammering lips and with a new tongue, God would speak to his people. You ever hear people these days, they say, man, I just feel so worn out. You know, being a Christian's so hard. I ask people, like, well, do you pray in the spirit? Usually they say no, or they used to, or they did once. Why? It says through stammering lips, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, just load it up real quick. Through stammering lips and with a new tongue, God says he'll speak to his people. This is the refreshing which he will cause those who are without refreshing to be refreshed. And this is the rest which will cause the weary to rest. Go to the next verse, verse 12. This is the rest which gives rest to the weary and this is the refreshing. Friends, if you're not refreshed, it's probably because you're not praying in the Holy Ghost. I think I have an autoimmune disease. Maybe you're just not praying in the Holy Ghost. I think I have like an, a weird allergy. Friends, some of you guys are actually addicted to nutrition. No, seriously, anything you just give your thoughts to, whatever you think about is what you worship. Whatever you have to consult with before you obey God is actually your Lord. I'll say yes to the call of God once I make enough money in my business. I'll say yes to go overseas. How many, don't raise your hand, but how many you said that 30 years ago? Now, if the Lord's called you to build what he's called you to build, keep building. Build like crazy. You're holding America together, friend. But if the Lord's called you to go forth and equip the saints in teaching and preaching, yeah, Lord, I'll say it. You know, if you call yourself a prophet and you're not preaching and teaching and doing evangelism, you're very unprofitable. <laughs> it's okay. I'm only here a few days, so Pastor Dave can clean up after me. No, I'm serious. You have to give yourself, like Paul told Timothy, to do the work of an evangelist. Timothy was a pastor. He was a leader of a local church. If you give yourself to going after lost people, all of heaven will back you up. Things in your life will start coming into order. Finances will start coming into order. Yeah, like you have to like get things right naturally as well. But things will start coming in order. 
I'm not receiving an offering, but I'll say it to people since we're in Sunday morning church. If you're not tithing, you're under the world system and the world economy. What's a tithe? It's the first tenth of everything that comes into your possession, surrendered to where you experience headship and where you receive teaching. That would be like a local church. If you're a missionary, maybe it'd be your missions organization or whatever, but to like a local church. If you start doing that, you won't fear money anymore. You, you literally won't. God will literally, you will watch supernatural things begin to happen. Confession, I was a pastor for years and didn't tithe. But guess what? I started learning about it. And I was like, oh, this is not the law. This is ordained for blessing. Abraham tithed before the law. And guess what happened to him? Everything increased. I'm watching Christians right now, everything in their lives exploding financially in a good way. Everything, just like upward track. Everyone in this room needs to get on that upward track. You need to get on God's upward track for every area of life. Go back with me to uh, Acts chapter 19. Paul laid hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. A great revival broke out. You can turn the screen off. A great revival broke out in that city through those 12 people. 12 people baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking with new tongues and prophesying, actually shook an entire region. So much so, it says that all of Asia heard the word of God. It says that Paul was actually teaching, in the Amplified Version, you can look at this, he was teaching and preaching every single day from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in the school of Tyrannus. As he's preaching the word, magnificent, overwhelming signs and wonders, great signs and wonders begin to take place. Go with me. Yeah, I'll read it. Acts 19, I think it's verse 11. None of this was in my notes. Praise the Lord. It says, all of them heard the word, and it says, God worked unusual miracles. Say unusual miracles. I was in, um, I was in Omaha, Nebraska. We went there to do three days of healing meetings. We ended up doing 17 nights, Pastor Dave shared with you. We were there back and forth. We stopped for Christmas. I actually wish we didn't stop for Christmas. Why? Because people kept coming. And some people don't have families to go to on Christmas. And I care more about people coming to Jesus than I do just, anyway, I'll just just leave it at that. Power God gripping people. There was one night in those meetings, a wave of the power of God went through the room, knocked over a whole section of people, maybe 15, 20 people, just fell out in the spirit. One of them was a high school kid. He was born with albino hands. His hands were not the same color as the rest of his body. When he got up off the ground, his hands were the same color. There was a young man from Millard North High School, if we have any Omaha people in the room. Okay, a couple people, praise the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. Millard North, go Mustangs. Millard North High School, he came to the meeting. He had a lazy eye. He played for the football team. His eye was like, one of his eyes was, it was like the guy on the Adam Sandler movies, you know, crazy eye. It was like a crazy eye, just like, sorry, I'm not, if anybody has a crooked eye in the room, I apologize, we'll straighten it out this service in Jesus' name. But the eye was crooked. Power God touched him in the meeting. I didn't even hear about this testimony for 10 years. Friends, when you're seeing the move of God happen, which is going to happen for all of you guys, you're going to have so many testimonies of the goodness of God. People are going to have to remind you, remember you were there and that, oh yeah, I remember I was there for that. That's amazing. That's the days we're living in, friends. The great end time revival. This guy, his eye straightened out, went back to high school the next day, walking around. People are like, what happened to you? The next night, there's 50 kids from the local high school there. A girl came into the meetings. Her name was Sarah. She walked in the room. She started weeping because she started feeling the presence of God. Sarah was in a really dark spot in her life. A word was called out. Somebody said, I think it was me or my buddy because we're ministering together, said, Somebody's left knee was just healed. As that word was spoken, she felt this tingling come into her left knee. She had a cheerleading injury for six months. It completely left her. Pain left her. All the issues left. In the altar call, then at the end of the service, we said, if you're here, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, one. Or two, you're living as a hypocrite. And you'd say, Chris, I'm done with selfish living. Uh, you, did, you died for me. You gave everything for me. You defeated the grave. You rose from the dead. You are Lord, not me. You are triumphant. And you're on the throne. If you're done with selfish living, you say, I'm all in for Jesus. You also surrender. So she's one of the people. She raised her hands. She put both of her hands in the air. started shaking like this under the power of God. Her and a half dozen other high schoolers. Power of God just fell on them. They fall out in the room, on the ground. Her words, she says this. She said, I went to a place I didn't know where I was. I was surrounded by a white light. And I heard a voice say to me, Sarah, you deserve better. Sarah was in a physically, emotionally, and there's kids in the room, so I won't say the other word, something, a abusive relationship as a 16-year-old girl. 
She was suicidal. She was completely saved, healed, and delivered in that moment. So what about here? Does God like Omaha better than Des Moines? Does God like Nebraska better than Iowa? You got some football fans in the room. I'm sure you don't. Uh, I'm, I'll end with this story, and then we're just going to begin to pray for people. Uh, I was preaching in Omaha about a year and a half ago. Guy in a meeting, I saw him. The Lord said to me, go tell him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know him from Adam. I walk over to him, tell him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Power of God falls on him and his sister. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, starts speaking with other tongues. Retired NFL player, very well known. Power of God hits him. I didn't know him because I don't watch football because my dad was a locker room manager for the New York Giants, so I don't care about football. The power of God fell on him. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. He, all the anxiety in his life completely leaves him. When you're in the NFL, you work 100 hours a week. You're a slave. They tell you what to do, surgery this, every, you do whatever they say. He would get fined $20,000 if he showed up late to practice. It was pretty intense. Somebody goes like, I make about twice that a year. The power of God's real. The power of God met this guy. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. We pray almost every week, travailing for souls, praying in the Holy Spirit, just weeping over people. He'll prophesy flow. He's been baptizing people in the NFL. They're like players, retired players and stuff like that. You know, God will send people out of this room set on fire today. If you believe that, say amen. Uh, I want to pray for healing for a few minutes here. We're also, after we dismiss the kids, we'll, we'll open up again and keep ministering because I realize I have a three-year-old. I realize what it's like, the dynamics with kids' church. That's totally fine. That's why we also have night meetings where you need to be in them, amen? How many of you guys are going to come to these night meetings? Ooh, praise the Lord. Those of you that didn't raise your hands, you'll raise your hand after you see a bunch of people healed right now in Jesus' name. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, that you're the Savior, the healer, the deliverer, and you're the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to liberate so many bodies, more things than I can physically call out because there's a few people in this room. But God, I thank you for what you're doing. Anyone in this room, if you have any form of neck trauma or neck injury, I want you to raise your hand for me real quick. Raise your hand. Neck trauma, neck injury, pain, pain in the neck. Not your husband, pain in the neck. All right, stand to your feet right now all over this room. Stand to your feet. All right, I'm going to give you some instruction. Uh, receiving healing is as easy as breathing. Man, I feel such an anointing here. Praise the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I feel like I just had four shots of espresso. <laughs> Woo. Our God's already touching people. If you're receiving healing, you don't have to do anything right now. Whenever this happens, we'll just watch. All you guys get healed in Jesus' name, okay? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about your problem. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. If you're around these guys, stretch your hands towards them. If you're uh, right near them, you can kind of stand up with them just to support them, just to be a blessing to them. You can put your hand on their shoulder or whatever. Just become aware of the presence of God. That's all you got to do. Don't pray yet. Don't ask God to heal. You don't ask God to do things that he's told you to do. Bible says heal the sick. To ask God to heal someone is implying that he, you're more compassionate than he is. Just speak over him saying, Jesus' name, pain go. Affliction go. Disease go. Uh, there's one woman, you've been in four car accidents and you've had two, you have two very degenerative discs and I think you might have a plate in there and the Lord's making that thing go away right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, all over this room, every physical neck healed. Other stuff getting healed too, but God, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. The man in the balcony in the yellow shirt, I see the power of God all over you, sir. Thank you, Lord, for that miracle. God, thank you, Lord, for touching those in the balcony all over the room. Every person healed in Jesus' name. Name. All right, I want you to stop praying and I want you to do what you couldn't do before if you're standing. Move your neck around, do what you couldn't do before. Feel for the plate, feel for the growth, uh, feel for the pain in the disc. Try to do what you couldn't do before. And as soon as you're like, that's crazy, Chris, I felt heat go through my neck or the pain's gone. You're moving around, you're like, I, I couldn't do this before. Those things, as soon as you find the pain gone or you have mobility, or you felt heat in your neck, I want you to begin to wave both hands over your head like this. Just keep waving them for a full minute. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Those that are waving, keep your hands up. Now watch. <laughs> Do you think God loves her more than you? No. You know, in the Bible, stay standing, all of you, with the next stuff. In the Bible, everybody say standing, that's standing. In the Bible... 
Moses put a serpent on a pole by the instruction of God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all unto myself. Amen. He said that he was the serpent on the pole. You're watching Jesus touch these guys. Wave your hands again. You've already experienced healing. Just keep them up. Look at the people around you that were healed. Just look at them. Look at them. Some are crying. Say this with me. Say, God, you love me too. Just check your neck again. Watch more people. If you're healed the first time, keep your hands up. And if you're healed, you're healed the second time, we'll, we'll keep you waving as well. I'll just give you a few minutes to check it. Yeah, there's another hand back there that just got healed. Thank you, Father. Who else? Just stay standing. Just, just stay with me. Don't get nervous. Stay standing for just a minute. I just see fear coming off of people's backs right now, coming off of people's necks right now. I see torment. One of you that's standing, I won't call you out. You've been dealing with radical suicide stuff. I curse that in Jesus' name. I command it all to get out of your back, get out of your body. Father, I release blessing over every single person standing. Stretch your hands towards them again. Just say, thanks, Jesus, for what you're doing. Feet are getting healed too, praise the Lord. Man, I feel an anointing. All right, go ahead and check your necks again. Do what you couldn't do before. If you were healed the first time or the second time, wave both hands over your head like this. Do it real, real big, real big, real big. Look at this all over the room. I just want to count this. One, two, three, four. Keep counting. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. One more time, okay? Stretch your hands towards them. Say, thank you, Jesus. It's all done. You guys can have a seat. Um, those of you that didn't feel anything, you know, I get paid with direct deposit. I don't, I don't feel a thing when I get paid. I just check my account and I go, hallelujah, hallelujah, and then out goes the tithe. Friend, you don't have to feel something to get healed, but a lot of times people do. Um, thyroid problems, any growths in the neck, I feel it right in there. Yeah, just stand up quick. Yours are going to disappear in the next five seconds. I see the power of God all over you. Right there, the first woman that stood up. You have great faith. Yeah. Shut your hands towards them. Say, thanks, Jesus. All right. Begin to feel your throat. Some of you guys can actually feel them on the outside. It's gone in Jesus' name. I can feel the power of God all over you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let me come over here for just a sec. This is awesome. This is awesome. Stuff's happening. This is cool, you guys. If you guys want to do this stuff, just preach Jesus. Amen? What you stood up, you have so much faith on autoimmune stuff, all of it. It's been like a five-year cycle of sickness. Just lift your hands up, hon. Father, I bless her in Jesus' name. I curse these afflictions. I command them all to go. I see cancer being ripped out of your family too. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we rebuke it. We rebuke it all out. It's going through your whole body, whole body right now. I mean, there's so much stuff happening. I feel nerve stuff. I feel stuff in the hips. Father, I just bless this sweet woman too in Jesus' name. Um, did any, which one of you had the growths that you could actually feel on the outside? Is that you? Try to find them right now. It's gone? Are you serious? Are you serious? Come up here for just a sec. Come up here. We'll get somebody to hang out with you. This is awesome. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. This is miracle time. Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ is alive. Come on, Jesus. Yay. 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 Come a little closer, hon. Come a little closer. What's your name, sweetie? Linda. Linda, how long has the growth been there for? Um, probably five years. Five years. It's interesting. I think that word was for her, but it was also for you, that five-year word. It was for both of you guys. How did, did they prognose it or diagnose it or anything? I've been going in for, like, um, sonograms and um, things, and they didn't diagnose it with anything, but it never disappeared. And you can always feel it. Yeah. And it, you can't see I can't even feel it. Come on. It's, lift your hands to heaven. Power of God's all over you. Father, bless this sweet one. Anointing of God's over there. Can you handle five more minutes? Is that okay? And then we're going to do an altar call. Or shorter than that, we'll do an altar call. Any women with female stuff, anyone in the room, stand up quick. Female stuff. I'll just leave it very broad. Female stuff. Stretch your hands towards them. I command wombs to open. I see it. I see four or five women. You're going to be holding babies by this time next year. Amen. I, I, ooh, I felt the anointing on that. Yeah, you take that anointing. Power God's all over you, huh? Yeah. You stand up with her if you're married. You married? Okay, good. I bless her. Jesus. 
There's an anointing on that. Do you feel that? Praise the Lord. I come in every womb to open. I come in polycystic ovarian syndrome to die. I curse every curse against you in Jesus' name. I redeem by the blood of Jesus Christ your womb right now. I command all female stuff to stop. Weird bleeding cycles, all kinds of cysts, pain, all that stuff. I rebuke it. I command every sickness to get out of your body now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How many of you women, you could feel the power of God on you that are standing? Just wave at me. You could, feel the, you could physically feel power. Wave real big. Yeah. That woman, with, yeah. The woman with the issue of blood, she said I could, she felt within herself that she was healed. She didn't, she didn't have a way to look. She, she was in public, right? She felt within herself. That's the power of God on you. That's the power of God on you, hon. You're being set free of it all right now in Jesus' name. That's the power of God all over you. Yeah. Bring that. Yes, Lord. Bring that woman up here. Just bring her, bring her up here. Yeah, come up here. And I need, I need catcher people. Power of God's all over you. I'll put you up here so you're not in the, too much in the aisle. Just come quick, come quick, come quick. Right here, right here, right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. As you stand here, lift your hands. Power of God falls. Take that anointing. Take that anointing. Jaw issues are being healed all over this room. Neck issues are being healed. Back issues, I see vertebrae expanding. Somebody, your left foot, it bends the wrong direction. That's being healed right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. For time's sake, we have to do this, but we're, if you're here in this room, if you're, you, women can sit. She can stay there. She's power of God's on her. Just stay with her. Stay with her up there. Power of God's on her. She's having an encounter with the Lord. If you're here in this room, you watch Jesus disappear a tumor. You're going to stand before God and give an account for your life. And the Lord will hold up that tumor. He'll say, look, look at the signs I did. But more importantly, look at what I did. Those nail-pierced hands, you'll behold them. If you're in this room and you're in hypocrisy, or you say, Chris, I'm done with sin, I want to get rid of it. Or even more importantly, I'm going to do this call first. You're here in this room, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never given your life to him. You've never surrendered to him. The Bible says, as many as received him, Jesus, the person, he gives the right to become children of God. If you're a child of God, you get God's very ability in this earth. You get God's ability to live above sin. God's ability to live above sickness. You get God's ability to live a holy life. That is a free gift to you. You can't earn it. It's mercy. A lot of people mistake mercy and grace. Mercy is God overlooking your wrongs, but God's grace is him empowering you to live like him. Friends, if you're here in this room, you might say, Chris, I've done too many bad things. I've messed my life up too bad. The drugs, the this, the that. Friend, Jesus already knew that you were going to do it. He died for you in full knowledge. He thought of you on the cross. He didn't just think of the person next to you. He thought of you. I'm speaking to young people in the room. I'm speaking to people with gray hair. I watched men in Omaha, 80-year-old men, run to the altar in the Catholic Church with their hands in the air, surrendering their lives to Jesus, weeping, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with new tongues. Friend, if you're in this room, it's not your way, it's God's way. If you're in this room and that's you, I need you to be bold. If you can't stand in front of a room full of people that actually care about Jesus and care about you, how are you going to stand in this world that's against him? If you're in this room and you say, Chris, I need to give my life to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never received forgiveness for my sins. I've never turned my back on sin before. I'm going to give a first call for you anywhere in this room. I don't know why people are moving because this is like the most important part of the service. But, you know, this kid stuff. Well, this would be prob- probably just a little detail thing. Probably want to wait till after the altar call, like one or two minutes before you do the kid. This isn't Pastor Dave. This is somebody else. Probably want to wait until after the altar call right? Like we're standing between the living and the dead right now. If you're here in this room, anywhere in this room, and you've not surrendered your life to him, I have to say this. I really do. I know I feel this tenacity right now. I know maybe, maybe your bladder's bothering you or whatever, and you're like, I got to move. You guys, if you don't value people getting saved, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. I don't move during these times. Not the ushers, but other people. Or if you're in this room and you say, Chris, that's me. I've never given my life to Jesus before. You are a dead person and God wants to revive you. You're dead in sin and you need his forgiveness. If you're here in this room today, I need you to be bold. 
When I count to three, you've never done this before, I want you to boldly put your hand in the air. You know who I'm talking, you know I'm talking. You don't resist him, don't resist this moment, don't resist this time. If you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. One, he died for you on that cross. Two, he rose from the dead. Three, he's coming again to judge all people. If you're here in this room, that's you've never given your life to him. Quickly put your hand up anywhere in this room. Anywhere in this room. I know there's people that have never given their life to him. I see that hand back there. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hand. Thank you for being bold. That's humility. That's humility. Who else? Put your hand up. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus before. Anywhere in this place. In the back, in the balcony. Young people, you've never given your life to Jesus. Jesus is here. He's doing miracles. Thank you, young man in the back standing up. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else in that section? If you were to die today, I pulled a man out of a burning car on the side of the road last year in Omaha, Nebraska. A burning car. People said, He's probably in a better place. I said, we don't know that. And I started preaching to them. Yeah. Friends, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Get right today. Turn your back on sin. Bury old life. Is there anyone else that's never given their life to him? Thank you. Thank you for raising your hand. Thank you for raising your hand. Tears coming down her face. Thank you, Lord, for that boldness. Is there anyone else? Anyone in this section? Anyone else here? Anyone else there? All right, if you raised your hand then, or you'd say, Chris, you know what? I have, to bury my, I have to surrender all to Jesus today. I, I gave my life to Jesus as a kid, or I grew up in a Christian home. Growing up in a Christian home doesn't mean you're dead to sin, and it doesn't mean that you've denied yourself and taken up your cross and follow. If you're here today, you say, Chris, I'm just done. I'm giving everything up. Boldly put your hand up. Anywhere in the room. Boldly. Look all over there. Boldly. Put it up. Put it up high. Put it up high. All right, everybody stand. Everybody stand. If you raised your hand or you wanted to, raise it now. You want to surrender to Christ. Put him up high. Shh. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.